couple of things I need to talk to you about. Sure. Two things. One, Adam feels uncomfortable with some moments out and he's tried to say no. You have not listened to him and his boundaries to be set. The second thing is, after my multiple speeches with the crew about boundaries, about respect, did you not go into Margot and say, poor Luke, I wish he would come in and see me? I actually went to her and said that, ask how she's feeling and is she okay? And... She's not okay, they're not okay. They feel there's a big disconnect now and it's not what I want, part of my team. You've disrespected exactly what I actually set out to do. Okay, but like, I understood what you said and um, respect it. You didn't show that. For you to go to Margot and say that just shows you have not listened to a word I said about boundaries and it showed a little respect and empathy to Margot. I'm trying to move forward as a team. I'm trying to get that behind us mm. and you have brought it straight back up. So in that, I'm going to terminate your employment today. Wow. Hello and welcome to Bravo, Bravo, effing Bravo. Hi, Mariana. Hey, baby gorgeous. You know, I think someone thinks my name's actually baby gorgeous or they're in on the joke, but there was a comment on Instagram being like, oh, Mariana and baby gorgeous, I love your pod. And I'm like, oh. do they think that's my nickname? <laughs> I guess it is. Hi, Nathan. <laughs> I actually take take it back. I like being called baby gorgeous. Okay, let's good. stick with it. We don't have HR, so there's no sexual harassment classes for our point. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm HR. Fuck. <laughs> Heaven help us. Oh no. Oh. So you're good? You're doing well? I'm doing well, baby. I'm doing well. Wow. What did you get up to last night? You've got a big smile on your face. Oh, just from watching Below Deck Down Under. Like, I know it was like a roller coaster of an episode, but I was riveted the whole time. You were riveted. I was emotional. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to switch it up. We're going to talk about Below Deck Down Under first. And, mm -hmm. yeah, I agree. I don't want to end on a sad sack note. So I think I think that's the way to go. Yeah. But also, like, it's going to be hard to talk about because what happened was deplorable. Yeah. And there's lots of emotions around it. But also there's stuff to talk about, which is nice. <laughs> it's yeah. a nice change to have something to talk about for once. That's true. <sighs> Nathan and I were just discussing that whilst there's lots of people out there who are really enjoying Roni and I'm really happy for you, and I'm not going to lie, I kind of enjoyed this episode a little bit more and I think that's from your influence of me trying to go, okay, what are the positives? Oh, I think you influenced me the other way. <laughs> oh, sozzle bitch. I think that they might be too normal. Maybe. Because I was just catching up on Crappy Lake and those ladies aren't normal in the best way possible. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. hilarious. And I think the Roni ladies, it's just like y'all are too normal slash boring. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I we'll keep saying we've got to give it grace and then I don't give it grace. So I'm trying <laughs> to give it grace. And I apologise, Nathan, that I made you see the truth that it's fucking boring. <laughs> and again, it's that whole you can get away with it if you're just watching it. But if you're trying to write notes and you've got nothing to write. Yeah, that's when you notice how boring it is. Yeah, like anyway, we'll get to it in a minute because we're going to do Below Deck Down Under first. It's my turn, Sozzle. This might go for an hour and a half. Hey. Conversations need to be had. That's right. And Nathan and I had, well, Nathan suggested maybe if I didn't want to talk about stuff because I was like, oh, it was really heavy and I cried. I'm like, no, we got to talk about it. Uh-huh. we got to talk about it. But we're starting off episode six all wrong. We're st oh, so much has happened. We're still back in the galley with those fucking tomahawk steaks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... I was like freaking out along with Zarina until they said that she was prepping a surf and turf. There's full fucking lobsters there, mate. Like, can we chill out mm -hmm. that two people don't eat a tomahawk steak? Who can eat a full steak and a lobster? Like, that's just too much wastage for me. Like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Throwing it back in the ocean? Like, to feed, feed the fishes? Like, who needs that much fucking food? That one lobster was plenty of food. And then there's fucking cake. Like, how much do these people need to eat? It's fine. Chill out. Yeah. It is funny because some of the chefs on Below Deck, they go really micro. And it's yes. all about the quality, not the quantity. But Serena's like, ah, fuck it. Let's just <laughs> fill their plates. She's not a small portion kind of gal. And quite frankly, I'm with her. Because when you buy that box of pasta, 
Okay, yes, mine's gluten-free, so they overcharge and give you half the amount. They say it serves four. I'm like, four what? Yeah, no, four minutes of me eating it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, you know when you get those little packs of pre-made, like, tortellini or ravioli and it's, like, serves two? I'm like, no, it doesn't, bitch. It serves Mm-mm. me. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. So I'm with Zyrena on the portions, except when it comes to a full fucking tomahawk steak and a full lobster. Like, that's enough food. Like, that's <laughs> – you, you, I don't need cake. I don't need bread rolls. Like, come on, mate. But, I uh, know, I think it's disappointing for the people that don't eat the turf to just be served the surf. I wouldn't care. I'd care. If, if the person next to me has got surf and turf, I want surf and something. Well, what are you going to f- – what do you want with it? A piece of tofu? Ew. Yeah, like an eggplant steak or something. I, I, I Elevated, of course. Oh, my God. She could have done an eggplant steak. I know. You tell me she didn't have a fucking eggplant in that galley. Yeah. And then didn't we hear her say something about, like – crying in the walk-in fridge. So there is a walk-in fridge. <laughs> so walk in there and get some ingredients. <laughs> yeah, get some vegetables. I love a veggie. <laughs> oh, she should have done – oh, so I'm a little obsessed at the moment with cauliflower puree. It is oh. so easy to do. No more mashed potatoes for this heifer. <laughs> cauliflower – I don't want to call it mash because it's not. It's a puree. It's, it's runny. But it is so good and so easy to make. Get on it, people. It'll change your life. I'm hungry. And you know I am hungry. I texted you. When Aisha was going on about those chicken noodles, I was like, I had to eat cheese. I was starving. It was pre-dinner. Isn't it funny that the chicken noodles are making you salivate, but all the food Serena's cooking isn't? Okay, fine. Yes, that is a point. You are correct. I take it back. It's funny. I take it back. I throw the lobster in her face. All right. They have the cake. The primary's face gets put in the cake or he puts someone else's face in the cake. I don't know. It was fucking rude. It was rude. She spent all day making that mother tucking cake and the primary smushes the birthday boy's face in the cake. What did you think of that? I mean, it's their cake. They can do with it what they want. I'd still eat around the face. There was no other cake. Like, you can't do that unless there's a backup cake to eat. These are rich people. They can do whatever they want. Well, I was waiting for them to turn around to chef and go, okay, so where's the cake we eat? (laughs) Honestly. Well, she should have just bought the cake. Like, they've done that before. I know. Like, it's not like they don't have to go to, like, the Woolworths and get, like, a $5 cake. They can call, like, a cake shop. Mm Mm-hmm. Call another restaurant and get a fancy schmancy gateau. Next morning, weather's shit. The deck crew decide to just set up drinking games. And because the weather's shit, Captain wants to go to the dock early. Okay, Zarina serves them breakfast and they're obsessed with her breakfast. I think she shines at breakfast. Mm-hmm. She should stick to that meal. She should just open a breakfast place. You know, she could call something about her and make sandwiches or something. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. They ask her to make a, well, she says it's a Cuban dish of chicken and rice. Now, I'm Croatian. We have a chicken and rice dish. Doesn't every poor country have a chicken and rice dish? We have it. I used to eat it all the time. But then she pronounces it, you know me and pronunciation. I'm not Spanish. I'm not South American. But give it a go, love. (laughs) How did she do it? She called it polo, like as in the Apollo. (laughs) It's pollo. Arroz or arroz, if you're Spanish. Y pollo. Like, just, or just say chicken and rice. Don't call it a rose and polo. Like, that just fucking freaks me out. And then I was thinking, shit, are you going to butcher the dinner like you butchered the pronunciation? She has to watch a YouTube, bless. I know. She pulled it out, though. She did. They loved it. And they loved the fact that there was another cake that they actually <laughs> ate afterwards. And I don't know if we, we want to talk about it. It only took two seconds, but Limegate's back. It continues. Oh, my God, these fucking limes. Laura cannot squeeze <sighs> a juice out of the limes. She's devo. Looking back on it, this Laura, I'm so off her. Remember how, oh. like, in the past weeks we were, like, flopping around between enjoying her and hating her? I'm firmly in the hate her territory. Oh. So looking back on it now, I'm like, that fucking scumbag. She is a scumbag. I started calling her idiot. I stopped calling her Laura in my notes. I just kept writing idiot. Aisha's all like in confessional. Does her family own a lime orchard? Does <laughs> she have stock me. in lime? And I'm with Aisha. Like she's sitting there going, I can't get anything out of the lime. Well, 
then you're going to have to go to the prepackaged lime. And I agree with her. It's not balls. However, is there not like a specialty shop that you can go to? You know, like one of those fucking kombucha places. There's there's a million of them. <laughs> Surely they do a freshly squeezed lime juice. So I'm just got you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You're in North Funnels, Queensland. It's hot. I'm sure they grow lime somewhere. Get a like fresh lime bottle delivered. I don't know. Like think outside the square, people. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we're trying to dock. The weather's shitty. Adam's sick as fuck. <laughs> Even the captain can tell just by looking at his face. Do you notice that whenever they go to do a docking on this show, the suspense music comes up. They try to make it seem like they're going to crash. And it always turns out okay. Yeah, I think this barge is built for docking. Like I it's think I don't have so. the exact same tension as I do when it's like Captain Sandy going into a European port where there's like five centimetres of space. Exactly. Like, there's space. I'm not stressed. And we're in Australia. How good are these yachts? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm looking at him going, these yachts aren't like $20 billion yachts. They're only a million. It's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, they serve the dinner and it's winner, winner, pause your dinner and everyone's happy. Meanwhile, Harry puts a cute little love note under Margot's pillow. So she sprays his bed with whatever they spray on the bed to make it smell nice. What are they spraying on the bed? Is it like the like Febreze? Febreze? yeah. Why do they do that? Makes it smell like freshly cleaned linen. Make them think that they actually change their sheets every night? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Then again, I do spray, like when I change the sheets, I do spray the pillows and the bed with like eucalyptus spray. I spray it and then I vacuum it because apparently it kills, the spray kills dust mites. Martha Stewart up in here. Yeah, and then I vacuum it with my Dyson. Yeah, yeah. Wow, look at you. I am a little bit of a Martha, not going to lie. All right. They do the memorial, sad, cake is great, yay. Mm-hmm. Laura starts flirting with Adam. And when I Just say flirting... Good. We need to come up with another term because flirting sounds nice and this isn't nice. Mm -hmm. And she says in confessional that she's all about Adam, this charter. And I'm thinking, didn't he reject you last episode quite clearly? Quite clearly. And in confessional, he's like, she's scary. Yeah, she's terrifying. She is terrifying. And she's not giving up though because she wants to rotate the shifts for the stews so that she can be on nights with Adam or on days with Adam because Adam is no longer on nights. Harry's on nights. Harry needs to stay on nights because everything's getting done. (laughs) Yeah, but also she needs to just take the no. Like I was feeling so bad and awkward for Adam and it's like I know he was trying to maybe not embarrass her on TV, trying to be like a gentleman about it, but like she was, wasn't was taking it. No. And like what can he do in that position? We've all been there where someone's being too close for comfort and you laugh it off because that's what we're taught to do. And it's like uh-huh. why is it my job to make you comfortable when you're the one going out of your way to make me uncomfortable? And as we keep saying, Nathan, body language is communication. mm Mm. So next morning, Zarina's flirting with Culver. Now, just a little bit. It's fine. It's actual flirting. I have a question. Are you noticing every time Zarina flirts with Culver, he may banter back with her, but he always injects his response with something relating to her cooking skills or her chefing. And it's like, he's into your food, love. He's not into you. Yeah, I think I think you've nailed it. So I think he's doing the same thing. He's being polite back, but I think he actually is having a bit more fun with it. Like, you know how sometimes yeah. you're like, I'm happy to flirt with you, but I don't want anything. Like, I'm happy for the, the levity of this interaction, yeah? Yeah. What did you think of how she was like in confessional saying how she kept forgetting that she had a boyfriend and she'd wake up with other guys and be like, oh, yeah, I have a boyfriend because <laughs> he was so boring. She forgot him. Did she say she kept waking up with other guys or she kept waking up and he was there and she was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, I interpreted it as she was with other guys. No, I think she meant she would wake up and forget that there was someone there the night before who happened. And it was him. And it was him. Gosh, how brutal if that guy's watching back. Like, fuck. Yeah, that would be fucking brutal. (laughs) And look, he doesn't have to watch back. Someone's sending that shit to him. Like a sibling. Like, if that was my brother, I would so send that to him and go, ha ha, sucked in. (laughs) You'd be like, oh, I forgot you dated her, but then she forgot too. So Laura tells Aisha she's 
so tired from doing nights that she wants to swap shifts. And Aisha's had a gutful of her already, right? A gutful. She's like, no, Margot isn't strong on service. Now go do cabins, please. Loved it. Loved Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And this fucking idiot, a.k.a. Laura, she doesn't let up. She bitches to Margot about it and says that Aisha is being mean to her. (laughs) She's fucked. That's mean? Are you kidding? I know. (laughs) And Aisha's not dumb. She must have been going on about it because I would not have thought to take the conversation up again with her, but she does. And she's like, right, you said that you're really tired and you want to swap. And she's like, I never said I was tired. You literally just said it 10 minutes ago, you dumb bitch. (laughs) So Aisha reiterates Margot's lack of service experience. And then Laura says, I didn't necessarily mean her. Who else, bitch? She meant Aisha to do nights. She's crazy. This is when I called her a fucking idiot. And she's like, I need to be with the guests. Like, yeah. for all the meals. So it's like Laura's basically saying, I can be the chief stew. Yeah, she's a nightmare. Didn't um, Aisha say, like, well, why don't we just get the captain to do it? Like, She said, let's put Jason in a squat. And I was like, well, I'd like to see that. Yeah, we'd all love to see that. I was so proud of Aisha. I was so proud of her. She was just not giving her that much room to have mm-hmm. actually conversate about it, which is what you do with an idiot, right? <laughs> so the guests leave not before the primary has two tip envelopes and he wants to arm wrestle with Captain Cutie for the second envelope. I loved that. Spoiler, Captain Lost. But he says that he started to win and realised, oh, shit, i got to let the primary take it. Do you hey, believe that? No. I you think Captain Cutie lost? He said that with a wink. Like, did you see the guns on the other guy on the primary? Yeah. Like, he was losing that one. But the primary did at one point try to put his other hand up, but I think that was more to, like, balance when Captain Cutie lost, right? I don't know. I don't really know the mechanics of arm wrestling. I've not really ever done it. I'm not interested. <laughs> but I liked watching it. Yeah, it was kind of fun. He gave them the second envelope anyway. I thought that was cute. And yeah. it's the biggest tip they've had, which is twenty five grand. And that's over 2000 US dollars per person. I'm like, who doesn't fucking want that? Yeah, and I, and then they spent it all. And then, and then, yes, they spend it all on their nights out. And the helmet goes to Adam for not having his sea legs. Fine. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't give it to the chef twice in a row. Yeah, I think it should have gone to Laura. Yeah, I don't know if Cap knows how shit Laura is at this point in time. No, I don't think so. So it's the crew night out. Now, I want to know, do you reckon Laura was actually ready on time or did they just not want to film her taking a million years to get ready this time? Yeah, I was kind of gagged that she just appeared ready. So maybe they were trying to be less repetitive. Mm, I think so. What really shook me was this fucking bosun scumbag wearing a bucket hat to dinner. Take it off. (laughs) You're not Lisa Renner. Take that bucket hat off. Well, it wasn't. I keep forgetting the brand of the bucket hats they're wearing because they have V's all over them. I can't remember. That's the Lisa Renner one, the really expensive one. Well, this was like Billabong, which, you know, fair enough in the daytime, but you're at dinner. Have some decorum. Um, You know I'm not a fan of the bucket hat. I'm not wearing anything with the name Bucket in the title, okay? (laughs) Please. Maybe on Crappy Lake you can wear a bucket hat, but that's about it. Yes. Adam wants to sit in the front seat of the van, i.e. next to the driver, to get away from Laura. He also probably would get motion sick. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I think he was asking the camera operator to swap with him. That's how much he doesn't want to sit next to Laura. And as they're walking to dinner, she accuses him of checking out her butt, which is ludicrous. Mm -hmm. So he goes off for a smoke with Zarina, who's asking him about how he feels about Laura being completely tone deaf and constantly hitting on him. And then he says, no, of course I'm not into it. And back at the table, he tells her that he just wants to be friends. And she says, you don't want to ever do that with me. Mm. Is this a like a language thing, a cultural thing? Who is that forward when someone says, don't you want to be friends? Is a normal response, don't you ever want to have sex with me? Like she shooketh that he doesn't want to. She's crazy. And she's like, never. And he's like, no. And she says, why? What's wrong with you? She's sociopathic. She is nutso. It's like, bitch, you're not Rihanna. 
Calm down. You are a side character at best. Like, she's attractive, but she's not hot. She's a five out of ten. Maybe a six, and I have to say, she does have a cute butt, but maybe a six out of ten at best. But that's not even the point. No, it's not the point. It's not the point at all. She's crazy. Meanwhile, Harry's trying hard to flirt with Margot, who's so drunk that she's finding him nauseous and a tad annoying, <laughs> which I get. He was making me laugh, though, when he was, like, doing the okay sign and he's like, oh, you know, in scuba diving this means okay. And I'm like, it also means okay on land. Like, I think he was being funny with that. Yeah, I know that's true. Actually, I also think it's sign for, like, sign language for okay. <laughs> but anyway. He was bless. making me laugh. Yeah, he was making me laugh, but he, I get it. He's such a dork. I get it. So yeah. anyway, they're all hammered at this point. They're dancing at their table. Luke takes his shirt off, whatever. Loser. We're just going to call him loser. We go back to the boat. And loser takes the plant. Of all things. It looks like, you know, when you walk into a restaurant and right at the the front counter where the host or the hostess is, yeah. they have like, you know, an arrangement. Plants. <laughs> it's more than just like a, a vase of fleurs. It's a full fucking plant, right? He stole that plant. And then he drops it on the dock as they're oh. about to board the vessel. He's so smashed. Oh, wait, hang on a sec. Before that. They're in the car. This is when Aisha's like, I just want chicken noodles. It's like, you were just at a restaurant. Yeah. (laughs) So Luke's sitting with Margot in the back seat. She's passed out in his lap. And Aisha's making a joke and says, no, I hate this word. Gobbies for you. I hate that word. He replies later and Aisha calls him out on it. Mm -hmm. She's like, she's passed out in your lap, dude. Like, gross. And she already gets nervous and says that she's going to chaperone Margot till she gets into bed. And I was like, good girl. Thank God for her. This is when Luke drops the plant and poor Culver has to deal with it and clean it up. Yeah, what a gentleman. He was like, I just don't want any cars popping tyres. And I was like, you are a good person. Exactly. Aisha tells Margot she wants her to get into bed alone because she's drunk. And then all of a sudden Luke's head pops in and Aisha's definitely not comfortable with the way that Luke is looking at Margot. She even says as much. Uh-huh. This dickhead gets in the hot tub in his undies. What undies? What is he thinking? Who wears tidy whities anymore? <laughs> Who? <laughs> then realises there aren't any women there, so he gets out of the hot tub and he is walking like they're out at sea and mm-hmm. it's a thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. He can't walk straight. And he had that demonic grin on his face oh, throughout the whole time. It made gross. me sick. So he tries it with Laura and at this stage the undies are gone. So I don't yeah. know, like in two minutes the undies are gone and he's naked with a badly placed towel in front of his junk. Then I don't know if this is strategic or not because the power goes out and an alarm goes off. Do you think one of the production crew did this or do you think that was an accident? Oh, well, I don't think they did it because if they did it, their intention would have been to stop what was going to happen. But I think the power blackout sort of escalated things and facilitated it in a way. Like it gave sort of gave him the opportunity. Okay, that's fair. It was just very unusual timing. Yeah. He's walking around drunk as a skunk and then goes into Margot's room mm. and climbs into her bed, starkers, while she's passed out asleep, but drunk asleep. Mm. And before she was asleep, she said, all I want is water and bed and no Luke. Like she was very, very, very clear and everyone knew it. And I think production knew it. They were obviously watching that very closely. Everyone knew it. Aisha's obviously... I mean, she doesn't look as inebriated as everyone else, but I'm sure she had more than a couple of cocktails and she noticed. Anyway, Mm. so this is where we get into the heavy stuff, people. Yeah, trigger warning. A producer has to physically get this fucker out of her bed. He's like, Uh no, 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 get out, get down. And he tries to lock the door on that producer. He doesn't want to get out. He has to be told multiple times and then, yeah, he gets out of her bunk but he's still in the room and tells the production crew to fuck off and slams the door. Someone from the crew has to, like, push it back open. Then he slams it shut again and they have to fight 
to mm-hmm. get in the room and tell him to get the fuck out. So first it's a camera operator, then it's a producer. This is dark and scary and everyone is just shocked. I'm so glad they stepped in. Oh, this fucker runs to his own room, slams the door and locks it. As he slams the door in his cabin, he says, fuck them. And this is when my mouth was open, I was agog, and tears started coming Mm -hmm. down. Because as we get further into the episode, they do say the same thing that I was thinking, which was if he could potentially, how do we say this? I'm just going to say it and you can tell me if you want me to cut it out. My thought was if that fucker is sober enough to get an erection, what would have stopped him? (sighs) Yeah. That was his behaviour. And just like you, thank God the camera crew were there. I know. And I was so proud of Aisha and I'm so glad she goes and wakes Captain up. Agree. The swift, decisive action from Captain was just so good to see. From everyone, pretty much. There was so much tension Mm. watching this because it's just like, yeah, it was full on. It was full on. And my head immediately went to, yes, we're watching a show and, yes, there's camera crew and production crew and this got dealt with really swiftly. What happens when there's no production crew? I know. And this fucking Luke, he's been in yachting for a long time. I don't think this is the first time anything like this has ever happened. Well, I mean, whether it's Luke or whether it's another crew or this happens all the time. Yeah. And so because of that fact, as much as it was hard to watch, I'm grateful that they aired this Mm -hmm. because there are people who think that they're nice people and they may very well be 80% of the time nice people. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. We're basically going straight into the next episode called The Turnover Day. Idiot Laura goes looking for Luke in his cabin and he slams the door again with her inside. She's trying to ascertain what's going on because she really just wants to be around him. Aisha goes into Margot's cabin, tells her what he's done because she's half asleep and asks if she consented to being in his cabin. She's like, no, no, I was asleep. Yeah. Aisha jumps into her bed with her. Like for safety, she wants to physically be in Margot's bed. And this is why I'm so glad like Captain gets him off the boat straight away. Exactly. I didn't want any of them to be in a position where they, well, I mean, I guess they didn't know he was off the boat, but still. Back in the hot tub, Laura arrives in her undies. And he's all, hey, Adam. And he's just palming his face. She tries to cuddle in front of him, in back of him. And then while she's like grabbing hold of him, says, we're not going to have sexual until this charter is over in front of other people that were there, i.e. Harry and Zarina. And Zarina's all, honey, get some dignity. Basically, Zarina's like, okay, it's bedtime. Mm -hmm. She's uncomfortable. And this fucking idiot Laura is trying to give Adam a massage. She barges into his room to give, quote, unquote, give him a massage. He's already in his bunk. She's squirting his back with moisturiser and now a producer has to come in and tell her to get off and get in her own cabin because he's clearly not interested. He's lying on his front. He's facing the wall. We're basically seeing the same thing happen. Yeah, it was very uncomfortable. It was wrong. It was so awful. And then she's kissing him, okay, going, good night. It's like, fuck off. You don't have consent, Laura. Fuck off. And I'm so glad they stepped in for that one too because Adam clearly was so uncomfortable and couldn't communicate. That, well, he, I mean, he was communicating, but she just wasn't picking it up. 100%. Or she was just outright rejecting. We're literally seeing the same thing happen. The difference in intensity is that Luke was, he was being very like aggressive and angry and forceful and idiot as in Laura, she was being aggressive and she was being forceful, but she wasn't being angry. And I think they're the differences in terms of like how I physically reacted, but they're the same thing. Mm -hmm. And they're both just as wrong. Anyway, Zarina goes to bed and Aisha fills her in on what Luke did. And she tells her that she's definitely going to go talk to the captain. Again, this is when Luke's locked himself in his and Culver's cabin. So poor Culver has to go sleep in a guest cabin. But I wouldn't want to sleep in a room with Luke either. No. So this is when Aisha goes and tells Captain Cutie. She wakes him up. She's crying. Good job. 
I'm glad she woke him up straight away. I think she did because she's like, I'm not going to be able to get to sleep. This is horrendous. Yeah, shit position for her to be in as well. And she handled it. She handled it great. That is so rough. She told him what happened and Captain just goes and wakes him up and says, get up, get dressed. We're putting you in a hotel for the night. Yeah, he says, fuck that, not on my watch. Exactly. And we're all clapping for Captain Uh Cutie. Now, Luke keeps trying to say, I'm good, I'm good. And then he's trying to get the whole, like, I don't know what happened. But did you notice that he immediately gets up and gets dressed? Yeah. You might not have a 100% clear head, but you know you did something. Mm-hmm. This is what I can't stand, the whole, I don't know what's going on. You know something's going on. You know you did something. Stop acting like you're an innocent fucking bystander. That pisses me off. Yeah, that pisses me off. So he's off the fucking boat. Good riddance. Mm-hmm. Next morning, uh, we have to deal with idiot. She's all happy because she doesn't have a hangover. I hate her so much. Margot tells her what Luke did. Well, she says that he got naked into her bed. And her first question is, did he have a hard on? She's tapped. She's beyond. She is beyond. Now, Captain tells Aisha that Luke's gone because at first no one knows that he's actually been kicked off the boat. And he's like, he's gone. We're having a meeting. And Captain calls Culver and tells him that you're in charge. We'll have a 10 o'clock. We'll talk about it. Blah, blah, blah. Aisha tells Margot and Zarina all the details exactly what happened, that she heard producers banging on a closed door screaming, no, no, no. So she comes out to see and that she sees Luke running out of her room naked. She's like, I told the captain and he's gone. And Margot said she woke up feeling weird and she knew that whatever happened wasn't okay. And I'm like, let that sink in, people. Mm -hmm. Just because you're drunk, she knew something was wrong. She's now going to have to live with that feeling. It's a shit feeling. It's awful. Uh Uh-huh. And then poor thing, she says she feels stupid. And Uh. I'm like, this is a learned behaviour. Yeah. We are taught from such a wrong age to take ownership of our stuff. Great, yeah. sure. But sometimes your feelings are not on you. Uh-huh. Sometimes your feelings are on someone else. And yeah. we also need to be taught that. Mm-hmm. So Zarina pipes up, thank God, and says, you're allowed to be drunk and not uh-huh. get assaulted. Yeah, she was making some good points. Do you think, like, production obviously have a duty of care to Margot. Mm-hmm. And it's like... They have footage of what happened and she's obviously in this space where she doesn't know what happened. Do you think they could have just said, look, like, come and watch a playback? Or is that, like, getting too involved or would that be even worse for her? I I don't know. I mean, I don't think I would do that straight away. She's still ascertaining facts from Aisha and she's Uh still processing her feelings. Yeah. If she said, can I see the footage, I would probably show her the footage. Yeah. But. I don't know if she'd be ready to see it straight away. So I wouldn't want to push that on her. Yeah. And then I wonder, like, what say did she have in how this episode was edited? Probably none. Probably none. But I wouldn't put it past them to show it to her first and get her feelings on it. Yeah. That is something that they've done before. I think they did that with Taylor Armstrong. Okay. So I think she mentioned that in her book, which I didn't read her book, but I did watch interviews of her spruiking the book. So I think she mentioned that, yeah, they showed it to her first and she was okay with it. So I don't think she has like an actual say, but Mm -hmm. I wonder if they'll talk about it, like when it comes time to doing reunions and and post reunions Well, yeah, I just hope there was a lot of support for her and they must have gotten a psychologist on the ship that we didn't see or something, right? Like they would have had to have. I'm hoping so. And look, now may not be the time to sidebar, but did you see that Bethany Frankel has engaged lawyers? Now, there's no lawsuit yet, but a letter has been sent from lawyers to Bravo, NBC, Universal about, like, you know how, like, the writer strike's going on and the actor strike's going on? And Bethany's like, why don't we like have better conditions with reality TV. And at first I was like, okay, Bethany, but then with some of their points in the letter, she's not wrong. Look, we love these shows. So who are we to jump on the bandwagon? But Uh she's basically saying like, 
they put you in an environment where you're encouraged to drink. There's minimal food. Like they get these guys drinking before they give them food. Yep. And they're put in situations where you can tell that they're psychologically not in a great space because of whatever's happened and they're just filming it. But also one of her points was financial, which people still watch Roni early episodes and we don't get residuals. We get nothing. And mm. then she was talking about like people still watch The Hills and those kids get not a cent. Right. Yeah. Fair fucking point. She's got points. So we'll see what happens with that anyway. So I don't know. It just made me think of it when you're talking about duty of care to psychological well-being. And I'm like, but if we, I don't know, if we have too much duty care to their psychological well-being on Housewives, what kind of show are we going to get? I mean, that's me being silly, but yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, definitely more needs to be done. And this is a perfect example And yet this kind of thing happens all the time. I know. This is a benchmark as well because it's like we know producers can intervene. And so now whenever they don't, we'll be like, well, that's a choice. Yeah. Where are we up to? Oh, so Margot calls her mummy. I thought that was really sweet. It was sad though. It was sad because she said I was being too flirty. I know. And I'm just like, I am so sorry, Margot, but you have nothing to feel guilty about. And that's the thing. Like we all are taught we take ownership of our feelings. We have control how we feel. You see it all over the memes, all over the social, like, you know, but sometimes your feelings are caused by other people Mm -hmm. and your choice to react is to say, no, this is not my shit. This is your shit. Mm -hmm. P.S. Her mum's all over it. Her mum's got her. She's all like, you've done nothing wrong, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what she needs to hear. And yeah, it was sad. It was. Captain Cutie texts Luke to come back to the boat to talk. And my first thought was, I hope he talks to him on the dock. I don't think that fucker should be allowed back on the boat. Yeah, I was kind of wondering that too. So there's a crew meeting and Laura is still all over Adam. She's fucked. Captain tells them Luke's, he's coming back to get his shit and that he's fired. He reiterates boundaries and that you are not to go into someone else's cabin without consent. And I'm all, listen up, Laura. Yes, you know how later she's like... Give me a warning. This was your warning. Exactly. This was the warning for everybody. This isn't something that you need multiple warnings about. Like, this is it. No, that's right. And this fucking Laura asks if she can say goodbye and Captain's like, nope, which was great. And I think that was the right decision as well. Like, keep them separated. Yeah. So Captain and Luke sit down in the crew mess and this fucker says, I don't remember what happened. Yeah, well, it still happened, so. Do you know how many times I've heard perpetrators say that they all say that all of them when they get caught and they get doled out the punishment that they deserve they Mm -hmm. all fucking say that it's bullshit Mm -hmm. and i agree with zarina his stuff should have been chucked in bin bags and chucked on the dock and laura says she's sad for luke honestly unhinged and i couldn't have loved adam more when he said fuck that kid He's a piece of shit. I know. I think, like, we were kind of a bit harsh on Adam the past few episodes, thinking that he might have been a little bit too intense and stuff. Well, because he reminded us of Bitch Boson from last season with his OHS bossy bossy. Yeah, yeah. But in this instance, I was like, you know, he's got his head screwed on in that he knows right from wrong. Yeah. And he's not going to be afraid of calling that out. Exactly. I'm proud of him. And... Captain says that Culver's in charge till they get someone else. Notice how Captain doesn't say he's the bosun. He just says he's in charge. Yeah. I don't know. I guess Culver's just not cut out to be a bosun. He's an entertainment officer. He's the CEO. He's the chief entertainment (laughs) officer. And it's hard to be the chief entertainment officer and the boss at the same time. You've got to pick a lane, I think. Yeah. (laughs) So Laura the idiot goes and finds Margot. And she says, I'm sad that Luke is gone. And I first thought was like, okay, hang on a sec. She doesn't actually know what happened, maybe? So Margot says, do you want to know? She fills her in. And this fucking idiot, her response is, poor Luke. I, I, I don't even know if I can say it. I, I just don't know how she has empathy for Luke, but none for Margot. She doesn't. She has empathy for herself. It's about uh, her. She right. wants Luke And she says, I should have just kept him happy. If he comes naked in my cabin, I'd be like, hello, yeah. It's about her. Yeah, she's crazy. Because she says, maybe this is karma because he rejected me. The gall of her. It's like, you know what? Go to cabin two. No one needs you. Get off the ship. Because she's like, I'm going to go to the cabin two if you need me. No one needs you, bitch. (laughs) 
Aisha yeah. talks to Adam about Laura. He says, no, I'm not into her. I'm not okay with it. And I thought, sorry, Aisha, but you should be going to the captain about Laura like you did about Margot. And she does. I know. I was so proud of her for that as well. I'm so happy. Because this before she does that, though, this fucking idiot Laura is going to Aisha being all sooky about not being able to say goodbye to Luke. Yeah, she is making it all about herself. And I'm almost loath to recap it because it's so ridiculously cringy, disgusting. She's like, was it really that bad? Is it really that serious? It's like, yes, you fucking idiot. And even if you don't think that's the case, the captain said it was the case. Yes. And you follow those captain's orders. This isn't about lime juice. This is a bit more serious. So shut the fuck up. If your captain says it's really bad, he got fired. If a a fellow colleague gets an on-the-spot firing and you're told you're not allowed to address that person, you know it's serious. Uh Uh-huh. She doesn't have an empathy chip. She has a self-serving, sociopathic, narcissistic, all-about-me chip. This is what narcissists are like. This Uh is what it's like to live with a narcissist. Wow. So in confessional, she's like, it's not fair that he was fired. And then she says the same thing to Margot. She says, oh, I think it was a joke. I don't think he would have the R word. So wrong and insensitive. This fucker's trying to convince Margot that, oh, she says something like you were welcoming his advances initially and maybe he got confused. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What the actual F? All this is saying to me, I hope is that Laura has never been in this position before and doesn't know what it feels like and therefore can't sympathise. I'm hoping that that's what it is because I don't know any other reason why this fucking moron would be saying Mm -hmm. these words. The hero of the hour, Aisha, goes to Captain Cutie, reiterates what just happened with Margot and Laura And the fact that Laura is hitting on Adam and pushing his boundaries and basically she gives him the lowdown and he's like, okay, I'll talk to her. Instead, Captain Cutie first of all talks with Margot Mm -hmm. and first of all talks with Adam Mm -hmm. and then calls Laura and tells her that she has disrespected what he set out to do, i.e. in the meeting, The fact that she went to Margot and said what she said shows that she wasn't listening, she has no respect, and he terminates her employment. He says, go pack your bags, get the fuck off the boat. This fucker says, can't I have a warning? And yes, I'm mimicking her accent because I hate her. (laughs) I was cheering when she got fired. Me too. I had to pause and explain to Boyfi what's going on because I was like, when he said she was fired, I was like, yes! And my arms were outstretched and everything. He's Uh like, nah, go pack your bags, fuck off the boat, basically. And the thing is, she wants a warning, but she wouldn't listen to a warning. No, she wouldn't. She wouldn't change her behaviour because she's an idiot. She's had multiple warnings. Adam warned her in the fact that he said no multiple times. I don't know, like... I'm not saying it's their responsibility. However, the rest of the crew, like you hear Serena saying to Adam, hey, what's going on with Laura? Like she's coming up a bit strong. Why aren't they saying, hey, Laura, he said no, back the fuck off. Is it just because they're young? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not too sure either. Like I guess that is a hard thing to do in the moment and with a colleague and everything, yeah. They are in the workplace, but they do have an unusual workplace where every three, four days they go and get smashed together. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Aisha kind of tells the girls, well, she tells Margot and Zarina that she's gone. All the guys at this point, for a little side relief, all the guys on deck are finding it hard to take instruction from Culver because he's not really giving instruction. Bless. I know. God bless him. Yeah. So anyway, we have another crew meeting. Two crew meetings in one day, mate. And Captain's like, we're working on replacements. We've got another second officer. And did you see how disappointed Culver was that he wasn't promoted to bosun? I know. And I'm really grateful to Zarina. I don't know, maybe this just shows what a piglet I am. I was so into the fact that she's like, I'm making the crew comfort food. I loved that too. She made pancakes. She made soup. She made 
like spare ribs. I'm like, God bless you. I would have just headed straight for that soup. Do you think, so was this all the next day or was there like a, because you know how they have days off in hotels randomly, like throughout this, was there another buffer day or was this all one day? Because the captain does say the other night when he mentions the incident last night. Oh, did he? I missed that. And I didn't know if that was a slip of the tongue or... But looking at it all, it seems like it was one day. They did say 24-hour turnover. So I'm wondering if this would normally have been a day off for them. But then wouldn't he have said it the day before? You're right. I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking it was a day off to like for production to deal with all this. Or like they would have said to the next primaries, wait a day. The producers would have been having meetings about this, like what are we doing, what's the plan, and then they would have had meetings with the captain. Mm. Like I don't know if this was all decided by captain. I think it may have been a production crew. Yeah. I'm not saying like we shouldn't give Captain Cutie props. I'm just saying that this isn't something that I think was sorted in two minutes. I think there would have been many a meeting about it. That's what I was thinking too. Aisha checks in with Margot again and Margot's feeling all the love and she says, I feel safe. Thank God. Again, let that sink in. Not everyone feels safe every day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But, and also I think she says that. Yeah, she does. But this isn't something she's going to be able to process and get over in a day. No. And I think like in the mid-season trailer we do see she might be drinking on charter and like yeah. is that a symptom of what's happened? Like maybe. Yeah, it may be a symptom of her just not being okay. Yeah, maybe she's not coping. So uh, this is why I'm hoping they're having days off with appointments to see people, like professional therapists and things. Like I agree. So, yeah, mid-season trailer. So we see the CEO with a cock sock and then speaking of cocks, <laughs> Joelle. Joelle is back. Now, what was his big deal? Because I remember like first season maybe not hating him, but second season absolutely hating him. Yeah, he was a cunt. Yeah, what happened there? I don't remember. I just remember not liking him, that he's up himself, he's rude, uh, he thinks he's always right. On med, right? With Aisha? Yeah. Mm. Like he was. he's a very arrogant guy. He's very mm-hmm. sure of himself and he doesn't express that in a kind way. Yeah. So, But then I also remember the last chart of him not being so bad or one of them he wasn't so bad. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like one he wasn't bad, then he switch got flipped and he was shit. Yeah. This is, as you said, Margot has booze breath on charter. Oh, boy. The deckies hate Joelle and I'm like... I didn't think Harry could hate anyone, so I don't know. But then we see a guest either passed out or did they die? I don't know what's (laughs) going on. But the best part for me anyway is we get Jamie, the hottest stew we have ever had on any of the below decks. This chick is fine and she's into Culver. And I'm like, you better be cool, bitch, because I am so in lust with you that if you aren't cool, I'm going to be tray disappointed. She is officially a 10 out of 10 from the glimpse I saw. Yeah. So personality better match. I'm excited to see if her and Culver hook up. Like, we need some nice consensual flirting after what we've just been through. (laughs) We do, but Serena's not going to be happy. Mm. But, again, I've never – She and Culver had a little peck on the lips in one of these episodes and it was only because Harry told him to kiss her. Yeah. Like, come on, Zarina, take the cues. Oh, people need to go to Q school or something. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Speaking of Q school, well, not at all. I don't know how to segue into Roni. How do um, we how do we segue into Rooney? Speaking of not being in, no, no, no. <laughs> Stop. Look, cut that out. We, <laughs> we, we have to give this show a bit more of a chance because we're covering it and some of our listeners are really enjoying it. So yes. I don't want yeah. them to constantly go on about the fact that we're annoying them because we're not into Rooney. Yeah, and if you like people chopping onions and if you find that great TV, <laughs> then you'll love Rooney. If you love hearing about Shaq fucking Shuka for two episodes, you'll love New Rooney. If you love hearing about hot sauce, you'll love New Rooney. Wait, wait, wait. i got to say, in the end, that Shashuka looked amazing. Oh, God. I'm pretty <sighs> sure I'm going to be making it this weekend. <laughs> the way they were going on about this Shakshuka, it was like it was the new puppy gate. It was just going over episodes and episodes. And I'm like, can you not? It's a breakfast dish. Eat it and shut up. It's the only food she's prepared for them all fucking weekend. I'd be I'm excited too. 
But Erin didn't prepare it. Yes, she did. I thought Jenna was cooking it. No, Jenna just cut up all those mother-tucking tomatoes. So I'm so sick of the shakshuka. I don't know if I'd be putting hot sauce on it, but then I'm not a hot sauce person. But we know with this Roni, they want to talk about what these women do in their real life, their real jobs. So we're going to get a lot more of that than them just hanging out, falling over drunk in the Berkshires, okay? Oh, speaking of Berkshires, I was listening to Jeff Lewis live on the YouTube because we don't get SiriusXM in Australia, so annoyed. And Dorinda told us that, yes, she's off the dirty martinis. She's not drinking them anymore. Wow. But another thing, she's starting to do like little get-together, like selling tickets for things at Bluestone Manor. That I would love. I know. <laughs> I love that that's the big news from Dorinda. But the first one, they're not allowed in the house because she hasn't sorted out the insurance, so they're just having a garden party. She's trying oh. to figure out how much to charge for tickets. What would you pay to hang out just with 30 people tops? She's not doing like 100 people. She's not doing I, a big event yet. She wants to do a big Halloween event. I don't think I could afford it. I'd only pay a couple of hundred. No, no, no. It doesn't matter whether you could afford it. Like in Fairyland, if you lived in New York and you could drive to the Berkshires, what would you pay for a ticket? 200 Really? You yeah. get fed. You get entertained. Oh, uh, well, yeah. You don't I'm think not- like 500 bucks to, to meet Dorinda at her house? Is it going to a charity? Yeah, some of the money's going to charity and some of the money's going to Dorinda. Let a girl make a buck. Does she need the buck? Being a hostess at her... Okay, you're not the person to ask. I'd pay a 1000 bucks for that. But only <laughs> if I could go into the house. Like, I want to see the fish room. Oh, a night in the fish room is a different story. No, not a, you don't get to stay over, people. That would be great. We're, we're plebs. We don't get to ranch. She's not fucking Airbnb in her house. She's not that fucking, what's that idiot who's airbnb like? Sonia? No, <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow wants oh. to Airbnb her back shed or whatever you call it, like the guest house. I don't know. It's fucking cray-cray. But anyway, let's move on. we got to talk about Roni. We can't procrastinate. They eat the shatshuka. They leave... Sag Harbour, thank fuck. The one thing with the hot sauce that I I really loved was that Uber got on the Oprah's favourite things. Like, that's fun. The year she launched it. She launched it in June 2021, and that same year it was one of Oprah's favourite things. Now, what's... What is this Oprah's favourite things? Is it actually, like, a scam? Like, do people pay to be on it? What are you talking about? Like, I know what it is, but, like, what are the mechanics of it? Like, I don't actually think Oprah's just like, oh, this is great, put it on my list. Like, someone, there's a marketing team behind this. Well, I think, like, any merch, she gets sent a shit ton of stuff and she picks her favourite things. And I'm sure that some of the things in there are things that she's come across in her daily life and she's obsessed with it. Like, some of the things are pyjamas, man, so she'll be getting sent pyjamas and she'll be wearing them going, I fucking love this, put it on the list, and then they've got to narrow down the list. Well, good for Uber. That's great. Yeah. I'm sure Uber sent, what do they call them, PR packages? Ah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I think it started back in the day with her literal favourite things, but of course people are going to, like her hairdressers, shampoo and shit. Like, hello. So now their people are sending her shit just to get on the list. I would imagine. So it'd be really competitive. It's not something you can buy. You can't buy a spot on her list. There's no way Oprah would okay. do that. Oprah doesn't need your money like that. She's not Dorinda. She doesn't need the coin. But the people are entrusting her that she actually loves and uses these things. My guess is shit tons of stuff gets sent. Someone on Oprah's team is like, I think you'll like this. Here, try it. And then, yeah. I mean, if I were Uber, Uh I'd be making that my tagline. I'd be bringing that up in episode one. I'm surprised she restrained herself to episode four. I know. I'd be wearing, like, my hot sauce merch. Yeah. Right. So, basically, after the Sag Harbour, we have little scenes of them back in New York. Most of them are at work. Erin's at work in the city in a flat she's redoing, so she gets to spruik her business. Oh, P.S., she used to work for Frederick Eklund, so there's our million-dollar listing. We didn't see her on that show, but, yeah. Okay. She's name dropping. Her parents used to show houses. Her parents were in real estate. And she's like, I remember like sitting there at the table coloring in while my mum was showing houses to Tom Clancy, Gwyneth and Brad. And I'm like, hold the phone. <laughs> you said when you were a kid, your mum <laughs> used to show houses to Gwyneth and Brad. <laughs> How old is she? How much younger than Gwyneth and Brad do you think you are? 
Was she doing an adult colouring in book? I don't know what's going on here, but I'm not, I mean, unless Gwyneth and Brad have the best facialists on the planet, which they might, like how old do we think Erin is? She's like 40-something, right? Wait, were Gwyneth and Brad, was that, was that the 90s? Well, yeah. So 30 years ago. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like the math ain't mathin' for me. So <laughs> Bryn's at the hairdressers, cute. But she does tell a cute story, actually. She tells a really cute story that when she was young, her mum used to drop her off at her friend's salon because uh-huh. it was a black-owned and operated hair salon. And she's like, I'd go to the salon and actually get to hang out with people from my community, which I thought that was cool. I liked that scene. Did you like that scene? Um, All the scenes were fine. They were all fine. We learned more about them. Yeah. But I'm not that interested in it, like in, in anything that happened. I think Bryn, in her Watch What Happens Live appearance was so fun. She was, wasn't she? I was so happy to watch that. And then this, I was like, eh. That jumpsuit she wore on Watch What Happens Live was too dark. She is one beautiful, sexy lady. And she is quite, I love later when she's just like always showing the backless dress. Oh my God, that was (laughs) hilarious. She's funny. She's great TV, but also she's boring. (laughs) So yeah, this whole episode is about friends giving, like Bryn's giving, because Bryn doesn't have family to celebrate Thanksgiving with. So Sai wants to throw a friend's giving and kind of make her feel special, right? Mm-hmm. Do we want to talk about anything else before we get there? Oh, well, there was that really interesting scene where Jessel and her husband talked about where to send the kids to preschool. Like, that was that was pretty Nathan, good. <laughs> stop it. I was so fucking bored in all those little solo scenes. But, yeah, all right, let's get to Friendsgiving. What about the scenes where, yes, Jessel's talking to her husband, but then we get Aaron with Jenna and it's the cackling old hags comment. That's pretty much what these three scenes that were filmed together were about to get out the fact that apparently Jessel called the women cackling old hags, i.e. Erin and who else? Erin and Cy. Well, I think Jenna said the cackling thing first. Yes. And then it's what they're working with. Go for it. I just want to know. So Jenna brings Erin a present to say thank you for having us at your home. I want to know, did she actually pick up for her that $995 jumper? That is a crazy gift. Who buys someone a $1,000 jumper to say thanks for having me at your house even though you only cooked me one meal? I know, she should have got her like a frying pan and like a a little Sonia Morgan toaster oven or something. Or a fucking portable, like a heater or something. Bunch of little heaters (laughs) at Costco. An electric blanket. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I would have got her. Not a fucking $995 cashmere jumper. That's crazy. And she wouldn't open it in front of us. It's like, we want to see what you buy each other. Oh, yeah, we want to see that, doll. So that's basically what's happening. We go to size for Bryn's. I'm calling it Bryn's giving, not friends giving. Now, it's a no-shoes house. How do we feel about this no-shoes house? I thought we already solved this moral dilemma back with Sex in the City. Like, I thought we'd been done new, this. It's true. You invite people to your home, they're keeping their shoes on. If you're having yeah. your friend over and it's just the two of you, they're taking their shoes off. But if I am a stranger to you, exposing my feet while I'm in a frock, no, <laughs> no. Don't have it at your house then. Exactly. Have it at a restaurant. What did you think of Chef Kone? Was he hot? Yeah, he was hot. He was cute. He was cute. I mean, Bryn's flirting up a storm until she finds out he's married. (laughs) They're all married, apparently. (laughs) They're all married. Now, did you enjoy that there was a ton of food? It was a nice counterpoint, yeah. It was a nice counterpoint. Yeah, Bryn keeps showing everyone her back. She wants them to get the full effect of the backless dress. I thought that was strange but enjoyable to watch. Yes. And Jenna brings everyone slippers. That's, I thought that was really sweet. We didn't get to see the slippers, but I heard her say I brought everyone slippers. She can't come without gifts. I'm loving it. Does she her. just think, like, they're all so unfashionable or, like, because she's, she's given them all a new wardrobe if she's going to give them something each time she sees them. Well, I don't know about a new wardrobe, honey. What are you doing with all those lingerie pieces? They're going straight to Goodwill. <laughs> Oddly enough, Erin's there but she had her grandmother's funeral that day. I don't know what's weirder, the fact that Erin was there the day of her grandmother's funeral or the fact that Jessel says, I didn't know, well, that's unfortunate and I hope that today went well. Yeah, I don't... It would have been better for her to say everything happens for a reason or they're in a better place now, you know, that bullshit. One of those platitudes, yeah. Exactly. I hope today went well. Why didn't she... It's like saying have fun. 
You know? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. I don't know. She, this Jessel's strong. I mean, I know she's English, so they tend to have a reputation, rightly or wrongly, for being a little more stoic. But, mm-hmm. dude, she's, she, she shocks me, this one. I mean, even Jenner and Bryn are, like, giggling because they're shocked. Yeah. I kind of want Jessel to be a bit more of a villain. Yeah. Well, she kind of is. Well, I want her to amp it up. You want her to amp up her bitchness. Yes. Do you want to discuss the fact that Uber didn't know what old cackling hags was and she could barely pronounce it? She thought it had something to do with testicles. <laughs> I love I love this woman. See, She's we great. we can whinge about this Roni reboot, but I don't think my life would be better without Uber in it. Yeah, I just wonder about this this Roni reboot experiment. Like, would it have been better to do half the old cast, half a new cast, or would we have had that problem where they're not connecting? Was this the best way to do it? I don't know. I keep thinking if, say, Uber and Bryn were with the old cast, they would be acting like the old cast. But because they're with, like, regular Joe Schmo normal people, this is how they're acting. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I would love to see Bryn and Sonia hang out. That would be fucking hilarious. That'd be great. Another show that gets serious. They sit down to dinner and Erin asks Bryn how she's going and, of course, she starts to cry. And we find out Bryn's backstory that she doesn't have family and the ones that she does have suck and it reminds her of bad times. She was abused by them Mm. and that included abuse by neglect, serious neglect. I don't know if I want to repeat the specifics. Yeah. But suffice it to say that she had, for the first six months of her life anyway, a very terrible, horrible childhood. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened after that six months. I guess we'll find out. But she's got a lot of horrible things to process. And both of these shows were heavy today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> both of them were real heavy. I mean, again, this is why this morning I'm like, I'm watching Crappy Leg. I can't be having a sad day. I know. I just want to watch Ramona shit on a rug or something. <laughs> Ramona shit on a rug. That's basically the episode. There's no next week tidbits because... Oh, because it's TBC for some reason. So to our listeners who are loving Roni, we'll keep giving it a shot. And tell us, actually, tell us what you love about it. Yeah, there's some convos happening on our Instagram, at effing bravo, if you want to join the chat. Yeah, is it just that it's light? Because sometimes with the housewives, it it is a bit heavy. You know, heavy in the sense that they fight really hard. Yeah, I have seen people say it's like, oh, it's good that there's not a legal scandal, but I do love a scandal. This is why I'm enjoying Orange County because it's more typical housewives, but nothing so serious. So I mean, like I'm enjoying the antics. It's fun. Uh It's fun to watch. I'm enjoying OC and I have not been able to say that for many moons. (laughs) So sizzles, sizzles, sizzles. Oh, I haven't watched the latest episode of Atlanta. Was it good? Have you watched it? I did watch it. Apparently it was a heavy like a full-on episode was it good now i'm trying to think what actually happened i just remember enjoying it at the time but i I could not tell you a single thing okay i'll watch it today oh my god this brin from new york bless says on watch what happens live that she's into shep what (laughs) no explain to me the charm of shep i can't like don't get me wrong season one southern charm shep I got it. He he can be very charming. But I think he's lacklustre to me now. <laughs> Did you see that something about her is officially open? Yay. Yay. Does make me want a sandwich. We can't, like where we live, you can't just go anywhere and get a really good sandwich, you know? Yeah, we used to have delis, but they all shut down. Yeah. Gone to the, oh, do you remember that deli at the bottom of the mall that used to be there? Of course. They had the best sandwiches. Oh, good times. Mm. Oh, Tom Sandoval's hanging out with someone, blah, blah. Scum. Yeah, I mean, Raquel's still not on VPR. Is she coming back? Do we care? I saw somewhere that she signed up for like a Pilates class in Scottsdale, so that was like the sign that she's not coming back. <laughs> She signed up because no one. I don't know if that was. No one signs up for like the gym and doesn't go. <laughs> it might have been a satirical tweet. You know how there's, there's like <laughs> those fake accounts that just spread fake news. Maybe oh, it was fake news. God. Oh, yeah. See, I, I can see. Ringleader Bethany Frankel recruits over 80 people in Bravo NBC war. From what I understand, they haven't sued, but it's like we might sue letter. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't want to click on it. I can be bothered. 
Yeah. Oh, Carl Richards starring in Morgan Wade's Fall in Love With Me music video. I mean, stop telling me you're not dating, okay? Yeah, they're fucking. I almost just don't care anymore. Oh, I don't care. Until I see who Mauricio rebounds with. Oh, please be Dorit. Please be Dorit. <laughs> oh, no. I want him to rebound with someone 22 and gorgeous. Mm. You know, someone hot. Oh, apparently when this scum devil, when he was at that special forces reality oh, yeah. show, apparently he had like photos of Raquel with him. Do you reckon they're actually dating in secret? Of course. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Oh, did you ever watch The Australian Traders? No, I started watching the American one. I watched a couple episodes and then I got bored. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it looks like for Australian Traders season two, they're going the American route and it's like half reality stars. So I caught a glimpse of a trailer. I didn't watch the full thing, but Hannah from Below Deck Med's going to be on it. Okay, I'll watch that. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. watch a couple of eps. Yeah, I was watching the American one and I don't know, I got bored. It's probably the kind of show that for me, I'd need to be on the couch nursing a really bad hangover and just want to like watch something mind-numbing uh-huh. and repetitive, then I'd give it a go. But, I mean, you're talking to someone who loves Survivor, so who am I to judge? Yeah, well, let's leave it there then. Let us know all your thoughts at Effing Bravo. Ratings and reviews are always appreciated. And we'll see you next week. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye, gorgeous. Bye, Nathan. Bye, baby gorgeous. <laughs>